Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. All right now. Yeah. Welcome to the movement, baby. We're going to change education. Check out ShungleBlake.com. I say it again, ShungleBlake.com. Teaching reading uniquely to reverse underperformance. True school is here. Now let's be clear. Our impact will be enormous to the people across this nation. Eagerly anticipating a sound from the streets that's so unique it'll transform education. This is school, the killing field, where they kill a lover learning and not children for real. That's the deal. Now we gotta change things around, close gaps down. This is a new sound, true school. This is this radio show, shovelbig.com flow, in case you wait, no. And now we gonna change things. One school at a time, one rhyme at a time. Yeah, we gonna shine. Time to shine media, yes. Yeah, we've been blessed putting suckers to the test. So, teaching reading, so uniquely. That's right. Gotta make you think deeply. Uh, teaching reading uniquely to reverse underperformance. True school is here. Now let's be clear. Our impact will be enormous to the people across this nation. Welcome, 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 family, to another uh, show. This is True School Radio. I'm your host, Brother Shungo, also known as the Hip Hop Principal, Shungo Blake, Mr. B. But again, my favorite title is Brother, and I welcome you to yet another week of True School Radio brought to you by the Keys 107 Network. Uh, this is going to be a very, very important, important topic today, a hot topic in a sense, but you're going to get some very good information about parenting and parent involvement. I want to start off by giving you the number to call in. Uh, it's 213 Nine four three three six one eight and press number one on your keypad if you have questions or comments. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, I as an administrator constantly talk to parents, teachers, and other educational leaders about the importance of parent involvement. And I can't tell you how often I get complaints from teachers administrators, and even other parents about the lack of parent involvement in the schools. And so the question becomes, what's happening here? Are parents generally not interested in participating in school activities? Uh, Is the school doing what they need to do to properly create the kind of environment where parents feel welcomed? Or are there other socioeconomic kinds of uh, conditions and issues that prevent parents from participating. We're going to get into all of that today. Uh, And it's interesting because, you know, every week before we start the program or when I do my research, I like to kind of get a feel for what's really happening out there in terms of the topic that we're dealing with. So um, I just want to read to you some comments uh, that I got from teachers and administrators around the issue of parent involvement. I want to talk about that word, parent involvement, but I'll talk about that in a few. So uh, here's, a, here's a couple of quotes when I, when I 
ask some of my colleagues about, you know, parents coming to the to the PTA meeting or being involved with school activities, and this is what some of the things that were said. One colleague said, well, parents just don't come to meetings. Another one said, uh, you know, I'm struggling, and, uh, and I want to know how we can get more parents involved. Uh, I spoke to a couple of parents. One parent said, I want to participate in my child's school, but due to my work schedule, I don't have the time. I'm a single parent trying to make ends meet, and when I finish working and cooking for them, when I get home, I'm just exhausted. So I really have no time for a school meeting. Uh, these are just some of the feelings and attitudes that some parents and educators have concerning parent involvement. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and, and I'm going to toot my own horn this week. I'm going to talk to you about a program in just a second, but I want to say this first. I cannot stand the word parent involvement. I pause for a minute so you could think about that. I cannot stand that word. Why? Because parent involvement, in my opinion, is when you come up with a policy. Now, when I say you, I'm saying to educate. I'm speaking from the, 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 the standpoint of the, of the lens of a principal. When you uh, come have this, this, this term called parent involvement, it means you've already come up with a policy. You've already come up with an agenda. And then after you've come up with the agenda, the policy, the program, then you want to involve parents in a discussion. And so I, I tend not to like the word parent involvement, and I lean towards the, the word parent partnership meaning that together we sit down and we analyze and we assess what are the issues within the context of our school community, and together we build a program that will address the issues that parents are having, students are having, or teachers are having. So I like the word parent partnership because when you have the word partnership, it means that we're both coming together as equal partners, equal stakeholders, for the good of our students and for the purpose of academic achievement. So with that said, I'm going to toot my own horn here. There was a program that I founded at, uh, uh, actually I founded the program in Roosevelt, Long Island, uh, but I, I wrote the program. But I never had an opportunity to actually implement the program until I got to Intermediate School 109 in Queens Village. And the program was called the PEX program. Now, some of you might say, what is Mr. Blake talking about the PEST program? Well, PEST stands for Parents Empowering Students Today. And the whole mindset and the attitude is, is that you want your child to be successful tomorrow. you got to be a pest. you got to be in their life. You have to ask them questions that they don't want you to ask. You have to say, where are you going? You have to hold them accountable. Basically, what I'm saying to you is you have to get on your nerves, their nerves. But in getting in the, on their nerves, you are actually empowering them for success. It is the child that does not have accountability. That child is the one that tests and tests and tests until eventually they step off the cliff. But if you look at children who have structure, accountability, and they have to be, they have to answer to someone. You you set a perimeter for them, that child tends to be a more successful adult. And so that was the thinking of the PEST program. I'm just going to take some time to tell you how the PEST program came to be. It's kind of twofold. One, 
um, when I first became principal of the school, I had a funny thing happen to me as a principal, and this is something I never experienced as a child. When I would discipline a student for breaking some kind of school rule or infraction, the student would literally say to me, Mr. Brick, I'm going to go get my parent on you. And I thought that that was ironic because when I was growing up, the one thing that we were told was we better not get a call from the school because we knew we were dead wrong regardless of the situation if the school had called. But the children that were under my purview had a different experience, and I think part of it is because the, the parents themselves have had such a negative experience with some of these schools that there's a breakdown in trust between the school and the parents. So the students will come to me and say, Mr. Blake, you're not going to take this uh, action against me. I'll bring my parent up here. And so I would have to tell the parent when they come in, I would make the student wait outside, and me and the parents would have a conversation about what the issue was. And once we worked the issue out, I would talk to them and say, listen, the role is the worst. The child doesn't walk you into my office by the hand to try to get me straight. We together close the door, come up with a plan that we can both agree on, and then we address the child. So it was based upon these discussions in my office with parents, sometimes around issues where we didn't agree on, that the pet, uh, the idea for, for implementing the PEST program at 109 uh, developed. But then there was a part two. Um, there was, uh, you know, these schools in, in urban communities, a lot of times our children coming to and from school, they're at risk. You have gangs in the community uh, that want to initiate during certain times of the year. You have uh, predators, sexual predators, that sometimes uh, target uh school-aged children uh, and, and try to prey on them. So these are the kind of things that our children have to face when they're coming to and leaving school. And uh, i I never forget there was a young lady who, who, who had an experience with a sexual predator, and that was the thing that really made me say, you know what, we have to create a safe environment for our children to come to and from school and I met with parents around that issue about keeping our hallways safe, keeping our children safe coming and going from school, and I have to say that the parents in that school stepped up and we created a beautiful program that got national uh, 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 notoriety for the kind of work that we were doing. And so that's what the program is going to be about today. We're going to talk to a gentleman by the name of Peter Smith. He is uh, the former head of the PEST program, and that's Parents Empowering Students Today. When we come back from our commercial break, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him and just having him share his experiences, his, his ideas, and letting us know who, how that program works then and what he is doing now. So when we come back from the commercial break, be prepared for a very progressive show. Tell your mama, tell your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, tell anybody who got children that are going to school and they're concerned about parent involvement and the safety of our children to tune in. We'll be right back after this break. Please, 107, and the FOI Board of Directors is proud to present The Final Call. The Final Call is the country's unique leading source for news. 
founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, national representative of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad in the nation of Islam. The final call follows in the tradition of Muhammad's speech with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week with monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the Final Call newspaper serves a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Read the Final Call newspaper. You can find one of the beautifully bow-tied representatives in your community or read FinalCall.com. The network now returns us to true school with your host, Sandra Blake. Welcome back to True School Radio. I'm your host, Brother Shango. Again, I want to give you the call number, 213-943-3618, and press the number 1 on your keypad if you have a question or a comment. I just want to say last week's show was Whew. It was so hot that we that, that they shut us down uh, on on the technical end. I mean, I, I it it got that serious. And the show was black teachers crying in the dark. And we spoke to a wonderful sister who's a teacher in the Bronx and a union leader and works with special ed. And her name was Kiata Hendricks. And you can go to the Keys One Hundred Seven Network on this Block Talk Radio and get the actual archive of that show, we are going to bring that system back for part two because after that show, I had so many calls and people saying that they wanted to call in, but they couldn't get in, and we want to make sure that that dialogue happens, and we thank her for uh, her participation. Quick reminder, what is the purpose of True School Radio? We want to start a conversation around solving educational issues, not just talking about them, but solving them. Um, we want to highlight the problems that, that plague inner city schools with the specific purpose of providing solutions. And if you would like to get in touch with me, you can reach me by going to my website, www.shungoblake.com, um, and you'll see a page on there that says True School. It'll tell you something about the True School movement and what we're doing to change around schools. I can also be reached uh, by... Uh, you can go to my Twitter and just tweet me at Shungo Blake. Uh, so get in touch with me and let me know how I'm doing because I want to improve, 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 and get better so that I can properly service you. Now, we're going to get to our guest here, uh, Peter Smith. He is a former head of the PEST program, and as a parent leader, he has organized a group of parents around creating a safe and orderly school environment and really safe community. Peter Smith is also co-president of Top Tier Officials. I know this brother for a long time has been doing work with uh, uh, officiating and working with young people in intramural sports and things of that nature. And he, and he works along with a gentleman by the name of Bernard Hicks. And let me just tell you something about their company and what they do. Uh, Top Tier Officials is a licensed basketball officiating company. They're certified through... I-A-A-B-O and N-Y-G-S-B-O-A Board of Officiators. Uh, they are a full-service company that specializes in tournaments, 
organizing, marketing, and promotion. Uh, Top Tier was established in 2010. Smith & Hicks have officiated in various venues in the tri-state area, such as Harlem Rucker, uh, uh, High School Invitational, LL Cool J's Tournament, Carmelo Anthony and Stephon Marbury's Tournament, as well as other tournaments in the New York City playground landscape. Uh, This particular company, Top Tier, is also a company that is deeply involved in giving back to local communities um, they service as well as communities overseas. They have worked with uh, a pro bono with, uh, with empowerment organizations such as Girls for Gender Equity, Beacon Programs of Queens, New York, and Five Town Recreational Youth Center. And lastly, Top Tier has worked in Queens community for more than 15 years with kids and young adults from different economic and cultural and family backgrounds. The benefits to the kids and the families are rewarding and instrumental in keeping neighborhoods uh, safe. They, they deal with the model, reach one, teach one in the community. Peter Smith, welcome to True School Radio. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm happy to be here, happy to be here. I, I'm, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to have you here, and I see that. You know, listen, man, I've known you for quite a, quite a while, and you've always been consistent in your in your work and your involvement with young people, whether it's the work that you did as head of test or the work that you're doing uh, with your top tier company, but keeping young people out of trouble has been something that I've always known you and your lovely wife. Uh, I know that this is what your values are and your beliefs are. I've worked with your children, and uh, it just it gives me joy, you know, to to say that I, you know had a little bit of influence in terms of, of, of how they're turning out. And, 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 and that's one of the beautiful things about being an educator is that you get the chance to meet so many wonderful people. So, Peter, yes. let's jump right into this PEST program. Now, when most people hear about PEST, they think that, you know, when you first hear it, you might think that it has a negative connotation. But it really is something positive, and the way in which it was defined at 109 very powerful and progressive. So I'm going to just ask you straight up, you know, who are the PEPs? Or who were they? Well, the PEPs um, is a lot of parents that were are committed to the same goal that was founded by uh, you, Shango Blake. And uh, it's Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Hinton, um, Mr. and Mrs. Turner, myself, my wife, Rev, and there's a host of other people that's involved. I have a team member that we, together, we would call TNT, and we would <laughs> punch our fists together at TNT at, at time for a dismissal, and he knew that he went one direction, I went the other direction, and we made sure everything in that area was safe and secure. So it's, it's a lot of people, you know, that's, that was committed, and that's the key word, was committed, not just parents just to be there, just to be there. They were committed fellows that was uh, involved with this. Well, you know, you said something about making sure that every the area and environment was safe. Let's jump right into that. What kind of work did PEST do, and what, what made this parent program so unique? Well, it, it, it was a two-part in how it worked. It worked um, inside and outside. What it did was, on the, on the outside, for dismissal, we got out there maybe 30 minutes before school was dismissed, and we were going to our checkpoints. 
And at our checkpoints, we're responsible to making sure that certain shady individuals were not near the school. We were responsible for making sure that gang members were not there to try to recruit kids from the school. And then we assist parents in um, getting their child and leaving, exiting the school in a in a very orderly fashion because it would be so congested, but now we brought order to the outside with the help of school safety. So that was one of the things that we did as PESA. We started about maybe a box out from the school, but as we progressed, it became almost 10 blocks away from the school. We had everything completely on lock. I mean, no one could breathe. There was no graffitis. There was no crime. There was nothing. I mean, I remember Sergeant Burke was saying to myself, man, since you guys are doing this testing, the crime has dropped in the area. So we were really effective because we were committed and we were willing to put ourselves in the in the way of making sure these kids didn't get into any kind of trouble. Yes, and, and let me tell you something. Sergeant Burke, who is a NYPD uh, sergeant mm-hmm. who works with uh, young people, um, mm-hmm. also mentioned because Pep wasn't just there when the students were uh, leaving; no. they were there in the morning. And, right. and I can and I can tell you that my attendance rate and uh, uh, skyrocketed to ninety uh, four to ninety five percent attendance, and mm-hmm. also. The, the the amount of students coming late was had dramatically was dramatically reduced. I remember you mentioned Rev. I remember he posted every morning up at the store with a yep. with a with um get their little snacks and food before coming to the school. And he didn't allow any loitering. At a certain point, you had to be making your way up to the school. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Like I said, it was two parts. We were there at, in the morning, getting them into the school quickly and safe, and then we were there in the evening to get them out um, quickly and safe as well. And then the other part where some of us um, had jobs that allowed us to um, be there in the school to help assist in the lunchroom, the hallways, so we made sure the kids didn't congregate and, and got themselves into any kind of situations. Um, I mean, we really were we 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 really were working hand in hand with with um, the administration there, which was yourself and your staff, to make sure the inside and the outside of the school was safe, and not just that area of the school, but even going out to other areas. We were they were really safe. I mean, I've 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 clocked kids as going as far as twenty blocks, and the parents was like, you know, they really feel good that pest is around because now my child is getting home in, a, in an easy fashion because he doesn't have to go the long way because he's avoiding certain areas because kids congregate. Now he, he can come home in, a, in an easy time and in an easy direction and easy path because pest is always everywhere. <laughs> yes, and, 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 and you know, um, what or not is a uniform school. Mm-hmm. Does pest have a uniform? Yes, we did have a uniform. Our uniforms were blue with the symbol, a circle symbol that said pest. We had walkie-talkies. We had the winter coats. We had the bullhorns. We were official, and the, and, and one of third precincts gave us carbage. I mean, they allowed us to really do I, I They let us do anything we want. They, they was with us side by yeah. side, helping us every way they can. I, I remember one, I remember one time, uh, you know, and I – 
for the audience in with schools, schools usually get very nervous around October because that's a heavily game initiation. That's true. And um, I, you know, the pets were always actively involved in the alert. I, I got to tell a story. I never forget one time I was dealing with this uh, this uh, gang member. He was coming up to the school. Now, uh, as 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 you as you said, we were out spread out maybe ten block radius around the school where we had pets at different points, and no one could move in our area. We made it difficult. You couldn't hustle drugs around one hundred nine. Nope. You couldn't. You couldn't come and do gang recruitment around 109 because we put the nope. spotlight on you and made it hot. And I never yep. forget one day this gang member was coming and he was trying to do this little recruitment thing. And I said, hey, young man, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I said, you can't come over here. You can't, you know, this this, this is a, you know, you're, you're walking within a, a certain radius of the school and, and we, we're, doing, we're dealing with dismissal right now. Mm-hmm. But, of course, he looked at me. Now, I knew what he was there for. And he looked at me and said, hey, you know, what you mean? I can't. Well, this, this ain't, I'm not near the school. We're five blocks away from the school. What you talking about, man? I say, hey, man, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying you can't do that right now. We're doing the Smiths. I was asking if you could respect what we're trying to do. And he, you know, continued to, you know, uh, kind of be a little angry and belligerent. And one of the test parents, man, jumped in his face. Let me tell you something, man. I ain't going to say everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> he said, let me tell you something, man. He said, Mr. Blake's the principal. He got to say it nice. I don't got to say it nice. Now, move on. And, uh, and the young man moved out. I saw the young man at on Jamaica Avenue two days later, and he came up to me. He said, hey, listen, we talked to you for a second. I came over. He said, I don't want any problems. He said, I just got to ask you a question. And I said, yeah, what's up? He said, what kind of school is this, man? <laughs> I've never seen anything like this before. He was so impressed. He wanted to literally drop his flag and join Pat. Yes. You know, so that's just a testimony to the kind of work you guys were doing and what kind of impact it was having in the community. Now, well, if I if I may, let me let me add to that. Um, one particular time, and you know, quick is. I got wind that, again, in October, because we were pets for maybe about four years there before everything caught it. But I know one particular time I got wind that some gang members were coming up here in full force to recruit two particular kids in the school that they were looking at. So they came up maybe about 15, 20 deep. So I assembled all the pets in full force because I knew something was going to happen. So we came out there full force. I don't know if you can remember this. And, I remember. And, and then we stood like a barricade <laughs> to not allow them to come nowhere near the school. And so what they did was they, you know, was belligerent, yelling and everything and screaming. So they ended up having to throw rocks. They threw a rock at us from a far distance. But the thing was we stood our grounds. So while they were walking away from the school, not getting the kids that they came to get, they walked away. We stood our grounds, and we stood our grounds on 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 one hundred and nine, letting them know you're not coming for any of these kids. And they left fifteen to twenty of them to about maybe eight or nine of us, and they could yeah. they definitely could have out outdo this, but they yeah. but they knew that we had a purpose. 
We had a goal. We had we had something that was driving us. We had a purpose and a goal to be there. They had no purpose, no goal. All they was into was mischievous situations. And so they left. We stood there, and that really made us as a unit stronger. Yeah, and, so. I, and I tell you, I remember that. And, and what it does is, it, it you know, it, it, it gives you, I guess, for lack of a better word, that hood plot or that street credibility in the sense of standing your ground. And let me say this to parents out there. We, we can be different difference makers. You know, we cannot be afraid of our young people because even the gangs yeah, right. who are coming up to the school, they are our young people. That's right. Of, and they and they lack direction and guidance. And and ultimately, if you remember, a lot of those guys who were the gang members decided that, hey, man, we're not messing with one another because it was too much of a problem to come over there. That's and right. Eventually, with you and some of the guys, uh, the Hollis Biddies and some of the other guys, we 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 kept the school open until ten, twelve o'clock, and invited those same gang members into the school in the evenings to play basketball under certain yeah. conditions. That's and right. You respected those conditions. You couldn't, you know, there's no hustling. You couldn't do gang activity. You could come play. Well, if you did, you would shut it down. So, in in a sense, that stand with Pest took us out into the community, but we didn't leave those gang members out. We even allowed them to participate as long as they respected what we were doing at the school. And that's what the schools have to do in order to um, to, to break the wall between school and community. But um, I want to just. Uh, uh, ask you, what motivated you, you know, to become a pet? Because pets existed when you came into the school, so what made you decide to get involved and take a leadership role? Well, um, I would I would actually have to say um, my kids. My kids got me into pets. Um, my, my children... Um, Wanted to go to 109. I didn't really want to go to 109. I heard some really bad stories about 109. So my wife and I was like, no, we don't want to go to private school. But you know, private school's a little pricey. But I said, well, you know, let's let, let's just go and see. And then you stood up and spoke about 109, and and you spoke with so much passion for the school. It's passion that I've, I've never seen in a principal's. You know. Most principals just, you know, say what they say and just get it over with like they're reading from a book and let's keep it moving. But your passion for 109 was almost like the school was your house. You know, this is your home. And I was like, wow, this is where I need to be. So I said, okay, you know what, let me send my two kids there. So I sent my two kids there, and I said, you know what, I like to hear what he has to say. And you had a meeting about pests and all these things about pests. I said, you know what? Let me get involved. There were some people before me, and uh, they were speaking a lot of things and, and saying a lot of good things. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that that village, you know, raise a child philosophy. I said, all right, let me get on board with this. So I got on board with it the first year, and 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 it was tough. It was really tough, you know. It was you have to make a commitment, and I and and I made that commitment. My wife and I and. And we, we every day went by. I kept saying it's working, it's working. And then all of a sudden, I started to see the kids changing. It went from them coming to school with an attitude with, or, or a chip on the shoulder to coming to school, being proud about wearing their uniforms and being proud about coming to school and being proud about the activities in school and getting involved with the, all the activities in the school. I was like, wow, this is this is really it's turning, it's turning. So that's really they kind of, like, gave me a boost, 
And then that's when they moved me up from being, you know, actually a member of PEST and put me here as the president of PEST. And and then that was it. It just went skyrocket. I, I made so much commitment. It was uh, it was amazing. My wife, I actually, my family actually lived in the school because we were there yes. 24 hours, seven days a week. We ran the programs in there. We did the basketball programs in there. The kids that were, were gang members were actually leaving their gangs and being a part of, you know, our little um, community in 109. And it grown to the point where kids were, kids, I mean, thousands of kids were just calling me, instead of Mr. Pete, they were calling me Uncle Pete. And these yeah. are hardcore gang members <laughs> yeah. calling me Uncle Pete. <laughs> I, I so, got to say, man, I, I, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I'm listening here, I'm, I'm, I'm just catching a flashback, but, I really, really appreciate the work that you, your wife, and you mentioned the Turners and the Hintons and the uh, Rev and, 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 and just all the tests that, that got involved because it really helped to change the climate of the school. I mean, it really did. I mean, because it was a, another set of eyes that mm-hmm. were watching out for the children, and, 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 and no one can – can can you, you, you take credit for the reform of a school. It's a collective uh, partnership that happens and involves several people doing their part for for the whole. And mm-hmm. and the part that you guys played, I mean, the time that you spent, I mm-hmm. really saw the impact that it had on the school. And I'm going to give you an example. I I one, one day I was I was, I, you know, I sat back and I was watching the students being dismissed from school, and it was amazing to me because I saw them being children again. Yes. You know, doing stuff like rushing to the ice cream truck, you know, playing jump rope, uh, and not really being concerned about, you know, when you're in a hospital environment, you have to watch out when you're walking with a certain a certain uh, uh, toughness so that no one thinks that I'm a victim and you let me put on that front. I saw them drop the whole front, and they would be skipping, the, skipping down the block on the way to Jamaica Avenue, and I would be like, wow, they are are comfortable being their own age and they and they don't have to grow up so fast anymore, but that's because they felt comfortable by the environment that you guys created. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to know how how did the students when they you know, 'cause you guys used to get on them, you know, get to class, you know, hey man, you are running late and you know, if you don't get there on the coach of the administration, I mean you were on them. How did the students respond to uh the parents? Tell them what to do. Well, the, the kids respond. I think it's, it's it's brand new. Just like anything is brand new, you gotta you know get into line. It was kind of hard, but as they got into line, uh, Mr. Blake, I tell you no lie. I mean, they like you said, they were like kids. Their parents were happy. The parents, I remember one time this one parent was telling me, I don't know what you pests are doing, but I want to sign up because Mm. my son is not coming home mad anymore. I was like, wow, his son is not coming home mad anymore. And I don't know why his son was coming home mad. Who knows what was going on in his life. Maybe he was being bullied or whatever the case may be. But because Pest was so heavily involved in the school, kids were having fun. Instead of being at the store and doing foolishness and fighting, you know, they would dance 
Now, <laughs> you went from fighting to dancing. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that just says how the, the mood has changed. I mean, guys were walking with girls and going home, dismissal. The school would act like be a ghost town in a space of 20 minutes. Normally, mm-hmm. the it was just it was just wonderful. And one of the things I do want to say that really touched my heart being a pest was the, the not only just the kids but the parents. I've had a lot of parents that would walk up to me and say, Thank you. And mm-hmm. I really that really got me right in the heart. What do you, what, 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 what do you, what do you think they, was the motivation behind them saying that? Like when they said thank you, what were they talking about? Because you know what? It was I could I could come to school, pick my child up, and walk away, and he's fine. Um, I don't have to come to school, and he gets home fine. You know what? I drop him off in the morning, he's fine during school. You know, he's learning in school. The environment has changed in the school. It, it, it could be a multitude of, of things, but it was just that, that thank you was, you know what? I, I can't be there like a pest. But because you're here standing in the gap for me, thank you. You know what I mean? It was just it just it really it really touched me a lot. And you know, I even have parents that would do things like I, I don't want to be a, a, a bother, but is it possible that you can pick my child up in the morning as you're making your way here? I said, sure, not a problem. I would pick him up and bring him in. Especially mainly was for single women, you know, that you know was afraid that I would find my way there. I would grab them, and bring them there, bring them in the program, get them involved in basketball, baseball, football, soccer, um, music. Rapping, I mean, it didn't matter what. This 109 had everything in it, Indian cultural dancing. I mean, it had everything in there. So it was easy for me to funnel them into some kind of activities, and the parents was just very happy for it. You, know, you, you mentioned um, the single single mothers, and um, at the top of the show, I was talking about uh, how, you know, the mother who just, she, she you know, she's got to work. She's got to feed the children. She's got to go to work, come home, and juggle all of that, and then still try to get out to a school meeting, and, and she's dead tired, uh, or maybe she's working two jobs just to make ends meet, so she can't be at the school. Now, I know that the test is very effective in terms of sharing information. Because I would talk to parents, and I would say, well, did you know that we, we're having a, a particular program on this particular day? And they say, oh, yeah, I spoke to the pest parent. They told me everything. I got the slides. I got the information. They knew about it. Even if they couldn't come to the school, they were plugged in. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of work that you guys did uh, uh, was amazing. Yeah, we we did that very heavily. We were we definitely gave out um, a ton of information. We went to all the board meetings. We went to the Black Caucus. We went to any kind of um, meeting there was so we could represent our our. our our community. I mean, we did it all. You know, we were on. Uh, I think it was Channel Seven. I mean, Channel Four, Channel Two News. Um, we did. We did. We did it all. But most of the things that we try to do for, like, most of those single parents that um, that had their child that you know couldn't go home, didn't want them home all alone. We 109 had a whole lot of programs, so what we would do is just put them in that program and kept them active. Not like a babysitting situation. No, not just drop your kid off here and we'll babysit them, you're going to pick them up at 6 o'clock. No, 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 no. It was 
your child's going to come here, and he's going to walk out of here, he or she, learning something. You know, whether it be going to um, pick up basketball or get in shape with the, with the trainings that we have. We have training for just kids that just want to keep themselves in shape. And then we have basketball training. You know, then we have games in the lunchroom. We have music and playing. We play football. We do everything we can to make these kids feel that they're not – being treated like a, a baby, and we're babysitting like a daycare center. It was felt they they were involved. They were not just there just to take up space. They were involved. So yeah, that's yeah. one of the things we helped with them. So it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, and and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears now and talk about teachers because I remember when I first approached the faculty about we're gonna have this parent volunteer group and they're gonna call pets and they're gonna be in the school. Uh, some teachers were a little wary. You know, because, you know, we got parents watching us with the mindset, you know. And um, I said, well, hey, if you ain't doing anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about. But it was interesting because the teachers in the school began to heavily rely on the pets as well in terms of giving them support. Can you tell, tell you know, you told us about the process with the students. How was the process with working with the teachers at first? And, and how did that grow? Well, teachers, teachers, like you said, were very reluctant in, in, in having us involved. They didn't want us in their classroom. They didn't want us in the rooms. They didn't want us to do anything. But as we moved, as we went forward, and we showed them that we're working hand in hand with you, and, and um, the teachers came around tremendously. I mean, we had situations where you know a pest would actually sit in a classroom that was a class that was a little bit out of control. And a pest would go and stand in that classroom, and when that mm. pest stand in that classroom, that was it. And I remember myself personally hearing a couple of teachers telling me, "Oh, you're gonna be back here tomorrow. What, what period? Can you come back in safe period? <laughs> Can you come?" Because we we let the kids know that we're not tolerating anything. We're not tolerating anything. So when you see us, you better shape up. We will ship mm. you out. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they they straightened up when they saw us. So all we had to do is just be in the area, or if the teachers would use, oh, do you want me to call the pest? Uh, oh, and that was it. It was it was yeah. it was a problem. And then you know, and, and then it worked the other way. If, and the coin flipped on the other side, where now I remember when you were trying to do something with um with the education component after school, and you asked the teachers to come through, and teachers were actually coming through in a large rate to help these kids. I had a few teachers that would just show up just to just and stick around just to just help some of the kids with these homework that were in the gym because they had to do basketball or training, and they would stick around and help them with their homework. I was like, wow, I never really asked you to do this, but they did it because they want to be a part of this, this movement, and it was a big movement. Yeah, and it just shows you, you know, for, for those of us to say, well, you know, because our parents say, you know, you can't get involved with the school, or you know, you can't make a difference. I'm just one person, but here it is. You had a, you guys were paid. You were a, a volunteer group of people who were there to support your children in the school, and and you made a difference. And I think that the that the, that the formula that worked was two parts. One, you had parents who were willing to step mm-hmm. up and, and 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 give it a go to try to help not just their particular child, because y'all were concerned about all the children. That was right. But, it, but, 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 but by being concerned about all the children, you put a protective hedge around your children. Okay, That's because, right. 
everybody knew your son and your daughter. Oh, that's, that's Mr. Pete's son. That's Mr. Pete's son. So they were good. Uh, the other thing is you have to have an administration. This goes out to all my educational leaders out there. You can't be trying to have such a grip and a control over the school that you don't open up your ranks, open up your doors to allow other people in because, you know, we, we you know, be, let's be real now, we didn't always agree on everything, but we would argue about the right kinds of things. But you might have a different point of view or different lens than I had and vice versa, and sometimes I would win the argument, sometimes I would lose the argument, but the children never lost because yeah. we were debating about how to best effectively serve our children. So what I'm saying is that leaders have to sometimes give up a little bit of that control and allow people to come in and make a contribution, and, and, and that's what happened. Um, yeah. We're going to take, a, we're gonna take a, 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 another commercial break, but when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about the community, the homeowners, the merchants, how that works, and I also want to get a little bit into your um, your officiating company and what that what that what that's about. So when we get back, we will deal with that. Okay. Brothers and sisters, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Student Minister Henry Muhammad and the Believers cordially invite you to visit Muhammad's Mosque Number 7C in Brooklyn, located at 202B Pennsylvania Avenue between Pitkin and Glenmore Avenues. Meeting times are Sundays at 11 o'clock, doors open promptly at 10, and Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. For more information, dial 718 342 one nine hundred. Once again, that's seven one eight three four two nineteen hundred or www.mohammedmosque7c.org. Oh, 
Blog Talk Radio. If you don't have the keys on your Blog Talk Radio, then your Blog Talk Radio isn't really on.
at my backside, and he goes, well, I think this skirt is just right for you, and he grabbed my butt. Mm. And I, then finally I said, you know, if you don't get away from me, I'm going to call the cops on you. Of course, I didn't have a phone, but he didn't know that. Right. Okay. So I, I walked farther towards the school, and at this point I start to panic. Like, it finally hit me what just happened. Mm. And it just so happened that I usually meet up with my friend in the morning and we go get our breakfast and come back to school. She had walked down to the corner and said, where were you? I was worried I didn't see you. And I just broke down. I broke mm. down. And she said, what's wrong? What happened? Now, she had a phone. So I didn't know what to do at that point. I she, So I called my mom. Yes. And my mom goes, what are you doing calling me? Call the cops. So I wow. to my mom, I'm going to call you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then I see, at that point, I see, um, I forgot the gentleman's name. But I saw one of the men that worked in the office, and he saw her trying to console me, and he said, what's wrong? And I told him, and we immediately called the cops. And um, the cops came, and, you know, we all went into the office, and we all, you know, I described and ran from head to toe, and we talked about everything. And I remember, Mr. Blake, you pulled me into your office at some point, and you had asked me, well, you know, what do you want to see come from this? Like, what can you say that would... um, you know, change something for other children who are walking to school by themselves or to keep them from this. And what what did I say to you, Mr. Blake? Do you remember? I'm going to paraphrase it, but I believe that you said that that you want to make sure something like this never happens again and that that, that young people have to feel safe coming to and from school, something along that line. Yeah, it's exactly what that was. And now it hits home for me even more because now I have my own daughter. And Mm. the last thing I want is for her to go to school and have to deal with something like that. Yes. Because Uh, for uh, a uh, long uh, time. Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 you go ahead and finish. For a long time, it really bothered me to have to go to school. I was afraid. Mm -hmm. Test came around. It just was a big relief. Now, tell me how you felt when, you know, when you saw the past and they had their uniforms, their bikes, even their vehicles, and they were out about in the community. What kind of relief did that bring to you? Well, it made me feel like I could walk to school again because Mm. after that I had found myself friends that walked the same route so that I didn't have to be alone because I Mm. knew I didn't have a cell phone. And at that time in the morning, no one's going to get up to come to the door for you. They're in bed. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, having Pesteron, that was a big thing for me. Because I know not many kids knew why, why Pest was there. Mm -hmm. And I knew. I want to say say this to you that, um, first of all, thank you, because it, it takes a lot to be, able to share such a, a, a traumatic story. Um, but I think it's important because we want to get tests and in, 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 in parents involved in all the schools 
that the children of today, and like you said, your children, that, that, that they know that there's some kind of protective or some kind of eyes watching as our children are coming to and from school, and that when you leave school, go to school, you're not just kind of left out there in the world to fend for yourself. And, um, you know, what you shared was very, very instrumental. I really thank you for that, Marion. No yeah, problem. Thank you. I'm glad no that problem. Pets was some. I'm glad Pets made you feel safe now. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I just felt like for a long time nobody knew why. Everyone just felt well. The kids I knew just felt like you know Mr. B was doing this just to bug us yet again. You know, for the <laughs> uniforms. You know, you know, and you then know, you know, what, you know what my nickname was. My nickname was they used to call me Mr. O D. It's like the O D. I'm here. I'm here. How you doing, brother? 
Hello, how are you doing? Doing? Mr. Smith, how are you? I'm great, Mr. Brother how are you? JR. Brother JR. JR, how are you, brother? Pleasure to talk to you. I'm blessed and uh, just sitting here listening and actually had a flashback, man, to my childhood um, in, in the third grade in uh, PS181 in Brooklyn. Um, uh, uh, man, a teacher, uh, one of the students, their older brother, which I didn't know, which was to me a grown man at the time, followed me home. My house. I was what you call a latchkey kid. So, mm. you know, my parents, I was, you know, single parent. My mother that work, so I had to come home by myself. And this man followed me home, pushed me in my house, had a, a knife. I, I can't even, it looked like a machete to me. <laughs> okay. Mm. And I, I proceeded to rob my house, tied me up to the bed mm. in my house. Okay, this, I'm in the third grade, and you know, it didn't it didn't hit me while everything was going on. You know, thank God that this man wasn't too smart because he was taking advice from a kid. You understand? Hmm. And I mean, the outcome could have been bad because he could have gotten disappointed because he didn't get what he wanted, and you know, he could have what harm to me. But you know, luckily my uh, uncle was home, and you know, when he went, I, I was telling the gentleman, he's like, Where, where's your mother keep the money? Where's your keeping the money? And my mother had so much pocketbooks in her closet. She had a, a, a shelf with at least 100 pocketbooks <laughs> on the shelf <laughs> in, in, in the closet, like a walk-in closet. And I told him, yeah, look, go look up in the closet, up in there in the pocketbooks. I know she got money up in there. And this man proceeded to go up in there and look. And then when he didn't find nothing, you know, and me not even thinking, you know, he didn't find anything. So then I told him, look, Mom, there's another room in the outside where my uncle stayed. And we, in our living room, we had a door with a deadbolt. And any time that deadbolt opened, my uncle heard that. We, we're not supposed to go through that door. So, you know, my uncle heard that. He know that's me. And, you know, he'll yell out. And the gentleman proceeded to go into that room. And when he hit the death pole, and my uncle asked, Rick, what you doing? I said, there's a man in here trying to rob me, trying to rob us. Thank God. <laughs> and mm. my uncle did, you know. And, you know, I didn't think about it until that night when I really realized what had happened and what could have happened to me. Now I'm a parent. I have my daughter, you know, um, who attended Ralph Bunt School, uh, which I know, you know, Mr. Blake, your kids also attended the school. And um, yes, uh, it, right, and I was so even today. My daughter's in high school, and I'm so mm. nervous with her being out coming home from school because she goes to school in the city, so she has to take the train, you know. And just knowing the type of predators and the type of people that's out there, even though she's you know up in age, she could take care of herself. I'm still nervous. I'm still mm. nervous, you know, for her and for some of these kids. You know, out here, when I was at the school, I, I joined the PTA. I did everything possible that, you know, to make my presence felt. You know, at the time, I became a, a stay-at-home dad, and I started working from home. So I had time to go. I became vice president of PTA and just try to be in the school, even in a class, 
and help that's right. you know that's right. and help the help the teachers with the kids. You know, right. a lot of times us as parents we, we, we forget these kids still need us. They need even us. even listen from the cradle to the grave, brother. They'll go for the rest of, rest of their lives. And, and you know, one of the things I want one of the things I want to say is that you know I'm, I'm sitting here listening to your story, and it just reminds me, and it, and it brings home the importance of parents being involved in doing this kind of volunteer work because just like the pest program, we would watch. You know, this person followed you on your way home. We would yeah. watch ten blocks away to see. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Who's that guy talking to so-and-so? And Pastor mm-hmm. roll up. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, this is just my, my cousin or whatever. Or if or things weren't okay, then they would, then they would be feel free to, 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 to pull them away from that environment and that element. And so, you know, if, if the, the statistics say that most crime and violence happen between the hours of 3 and 6. It's when wow. children are leaving from school, if you, if you look at the incidents that happen, they don't happen necessarily all the time in the school. They happen outside of school, whether it's going to be a fight, a robbery, a yeah. gang in this yeah. And what happens is, mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Let me tell you the, 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 the game that's played with the staff. What they do is they figure that that's why they don't like school safety to go outside the school perimeter. Because right. if school safety has to go out in the community and an incident happens, they have to record it and then that, that, that statistic, whether it's a crime or a robbery, gets charged to that particular school. So most schools, once they leave the children out, they don't want to know what happens after that because they don't want their, 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 they don't want to be considered a uh, dangerous school and they don't want their crime stats to go up. So, you know, but the reality is that these things that are happening in the neighborhood are going to individually come back to the school anyway, so why not go out to the neighborhood and stop them before it gets started? That's correct. Exactly. Exactly. We thank you for your comment. we got to go to this commercial break. When we get back, I want to talk to uh, you, Peter, about what you're doing now. Thank you again for your thank comment. You. Thank you very much. Right, God, God bless you. God bless you all. We'll be back after this short break. in media partnership with Harlem's newest gem, The Miss Theatre, proudly present winner, best drama at UK's One World Media Awards and double award winner at 2012 African Movie Academy Awards, Othello Burning, a beautiful coming-of-age drama, a gripping story of South African township kids as they discover surfing and newfound freedom, directed by award-winning filmmaker Sarah Fletcher. Othello Burning is now open at the Miss Theatre. Join the Keys 107 family screening this important film Saturday, December 8th at 7 p.m. Miss Theatre located 46 West 116th Street or visit WorldWideWebMissHarlem.com. The key, unlocking the doors to unlimited possibility. The Keys 107. 
Television Network now returns us to the home school with your host, Sandra Fletcher E. Welcome back to True School Radio here on the Keys 107 Network. Uh, again, this is your host, Brother Shango, and we're sitting here talking to Peter Smith about the PEST program. I don't know if we said it, but PEST, I think I said it at the beginning, but I'll say it one more time. PEST stands for Parents Empowering Students Today. How do you make sure that your child is successful? You get on their nerves right now. Yeah, that's right. Who are, you, who are you talking to on on Facebook? Put that smartphone down. Who are you texting all the time? And you see your daughter in the corner giggling. Fathers, mothers, check that out. You know, go up to the school, make spot checks. I do that all the time. My son will tell you, I pop up to school all the time, and I'm holding everybody accountable. I'm holding my son accountable. I'm holding myself accountable. I'm holding the teacher accountable. So. You know, you have to be that parent that's with, with, with like, when your child sees you, say, uh-oh, here come mom, here come dad. I better get straight. We can't just assume, like the brother said, he's concerned about his daughter even to this day. Some of us, when our children get into high school, we think, okay, they're old enough now. They need you more then. And trust me, when they go to college, when they go to college, you're going to find out they need you more then. That's right. It, it never stops. Uh, Peter, I want to um, ask you. Um, we talked about the parents. We talked about uh, uh, the, the teachers. Quickly, the police, the homeowners, the local merchants. I mean, test was not – I remember you had homeowners whose child did not attend the school. They joined test because they lived right next door to the school. So what was the relationship with the police? And, well, you mentioned that, but the homeowners and the, and the, and the local merchants. Well, there were two particular stores that was around 109 that the kids heavily were going to, and um, we had a pest station in each store. <laughs> so the kids had to regulate themselves while they were even in the store. So it wasn't just in the school or even 10 blocks away. It was even in the store. I mean, when you when you think of that word pest, I mean, that's exactly what we did. I mean, every time they looked over their shoulders, it was, oh, my goodness, there they go again. <laughs> Here we go again. I mean, so we were in the stores, and the store owners were doing things like, um, uh, when are you guys going to come back? They were almost like working a schedule out with us for us to be in the school Monday to Friday in the early part of the day and in the evening when school was let out. And it almost got to the point of like, is this a job? I don't work for you. But but when I understood the concept of what they were saying. You know, when, it's, the most, yeah. it's, the most it's the most important job that you never got paid for. Yeah, 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 it was. But in reality, yeah. Yeah. We did get paid because look at what it produced for our children in our community, and that's worth more than any dollar that you might yeah. get. Yeah, you know? the, the money was the money. If they paid me to be passed, it would it would have been. It was be. I wouldn't even want it. It this it, not the money. It was. I got paid with thank you. The amount of, if, if if money was thank you and appreciation, I made a billion dollars from this. Okay, mm-hmm. and money and appreciation was, you know, I mean, it, I would have made a billion dollars. I mean, it was it was amazing. I mean, the store owners was loving us. And then the other thing that was, it's the part that even got even crazier. I had 
homeowners, parents didn't even have kids going to the school that would have uh, some of the pets' phone numbers, and they will stand outside, and they'll go, yeah. okay, um, Mr. P, I got some kids congregating over here, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. <laughs> they were my hidden pets. They weren't in plain view where they could be seen, but they were in the windows. See, that was our way of letting the kids know, even when you think we're not there, we're there. Yeah. And you know so what's kids with, Yeah. Uh-huh. What's, so, what's so interesting is, and, and, and I, I'm telling you, this happened. I got a, um, a a real estate, a couple of real estate people, they came to meet with me, and they wanted me to know because of the quality of education that of the school, that the scores went up, that it was mm-hmm. schools that parents wanted their children in, and because of the pest work in terms of making sure that the children respected the homeowners as they mm-hmm. went to and from school that the actual property value of that area skyrocketed. Wow. That the homes in that area became more expensive. So when you change the school, you're dealing with the economics of a community. Because yeah. when, 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 when people buy a home, if they have young children, the first thing they want to know is, what's the school yeah. like? If the right. school is bad, it brings the value, it depreciates the value of the homes in that area. So yeah, when you start yeah. changing and improving and building a sense of community around school, you're literally build, building an economic, uh, 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 in, uh, you're actually improving the economic environment of that particular community. That's exactly, that's definitely true. And they were involved. It's just, yeah. the, the homeowners in that area were involved. I tell you a funny, funny joke. And this is the, probably the funniest thing I've experienced as past. There were some kids that wanted to have a fight. They knew they couldn't fight in 109, near 109, or 10 blocks radius of 109. But we started to expand to even to the neighboring schools. So one particular school, which was over in Linden, Hillside and Francis Lewis, I forgot the name of the school, which is uh, almost 135. Right, 35. It was almost 20 blocks away. We found that some kids were congregating there and they were going to have a fight. So what we did was, well, after we got dismissal, I sent my, myself and about two other pests and one old third precinct were in the park. Were in the park. When they pulled up and they saw, oh, my God, they're already here. Pest is already in the park. And they couldn't even fight because it was like, oh, my goodness, where are these guys? How they know we were coming here? How they knew that we were 20 blocks away? Because the school notified us that this was going to happen. They started seeing the kids congregating. So we it was it was not just just the community of the ten block radius of one or not. It spread. It spread like wildfire. It was just growing. And that's an important point. Other schools begin to rely on mm-hmm. pests. I would speak to the other principal and they say, Hey, you know, can you send some of your pest parents down because you know there's something happening here, there's something happening there. So really it started to spread and it became a community-based organization. Now listen, this is with no government funds. This is just people coming together and saying, look, we're going to take care of our children and have pride in our community. So, you know, we have to stop always saying, well, you know, New York City is not doing this for us or there's no budget for that and we don't have the resources to do this. Well, what, what? isn't human resources uh, an asset in our community? We, if we got manpower and woman power, then we have the resources that we need to make it happen. That's that's exactly and, true. 
And I, and I, can't, I, let you, I can't let you go without asking you about how the test and that program led to the, the development of the Parent Resource Center in 109, and what was that about, and what did that look like? Parents resource was very big for PES. Let me tell you how it it became beautiful. When we had the programs for the basketball for the kids and everything, the kids would come and the parents would, sometimes the parents would come and drop the kid off and then they felt that they had to go back home and then come back and pick the child up. When you put that parents resource program um, um, center together, with all the computers and the, and all the information that was in that room, what I was finding that parents was coming there, dropping their kids, let them go upstairs and work out or do their homework or do any kind of activities in the school. Then they go right into that resource they would do. They had, if they were doing work at home, they would do their work, just plug in their, their, their memory stick and do their work uh, at 109. They would write, do their resumes. They would do any kind of computer work or do anything right in that center, as well as it was an easy way to plug them into all the information that was going on in the community because we had all that stuff pasted all on the walls and the bulletin boards and everything. So it was a it was a win-win situation. We was capturing the kids and the parents at the same time. <laughs> How yeah, good and, is and, that? Yeah, and they actually were able to look up the, the child's records right there on the computer. Yeah. Right so there, they did it, everything. It, you know, they could they could do a spot check. They could get their grades. They could do anything because they had the technology at their fingertips. Um, what is your advice to a parent who says, you know, I'm not happy with my child, the the quality of my child's school. Um, I don't feel welcome as a parent. I mean, you 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 would have these conversations and help parents get more involved. What is your advice to somebody out there who feels like that? Uh, this is this is what someone said to me, and it's true. New York City did not make your child. You did. It is your responsibility to step up to the plate and raise your child. Just because there's an institution, the school there that your child go to, you just don't drop him off like he's a like he's a piece of uh, furniture and then come back later on and see that he's being taken care of. You got to get involved. You got to get involved in your child. You got to know everything about your child as best as possible. You got to get involved in the activities that they do in the school. You got to get in the academics that they involved in school. You got to get involved in what they do after school. You got to get involved in who they're talking with, what kind of literature and stuff that they're getting themselves into. Everything. The kids, kids, you have to. They're they, they're called children. They're not called adults. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you and, have and, to and, get we have to, as a, and we as a community have to get involved. Um, yeah. I'm saying this to, to, you know, we realize, listen, it's, the reality is, you know, sometimes you have two parents working together to make the kind of money that used to be uh, one job. Now it takes two jobs to do that. Or maybe you have a parent, like I said before, with a single parent working two jobs just to try to keep a roof over their children's heads. And so we have to understand that, and we have to get back to the point where we can have the kind of love and trust for each other. I think it is the self-hatred that exists amongst us. I'm talking about specifically black people that prevents us from working together in a way that can be beneficial to us all. You know, you see uh, a parent dealing with uh, a child. or I remember one time I saw a parent, she left a child in the back seat with an engine running. And I said, hey, you know, you might not want to do that because someone could jump in your car and pull off. You know, it was a baby. 
And the person said, mind your business. None of your business. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my child. And I said to myself, wow, you know, we, 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 we have lost that sense of community where your child was my child and if and any adult in the community could correct a child uh, yeah. but the reason that happens is because we have, we have done things to our own selves and to one another that has created a distrust and so now when you see your brother you don't see the other part of yourself and what we have to right. do is get back to that point where we see each other as brothers and sisters and really you know that I think I think that would give relief to a parent who has to do so many things. You know, let's get back to the bartering system, you know. Back in the days, mm-hmm. I got sugar, you got flour. You know, let's make a cake. Now, yeah. today, you know, it's like everybody just wants to have all the ingredients to themselves, and, and, and we're and we not even making a biscuit. We're going to McDonald's. So, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But but, um, but see, I, I, that, but that was a, that but that was the reason. But that was the reason that Pest was one of the reasons why Pest was moving very well because for that parent that can't do those things, okay, we'll step in. We'll step in line for you. You know what I mean? You you're out there making the the the, the, the bread and for your your family, and you know you're making the bread and meat, and, and you're doing all that stuff, and you're going to work every day trying to keep a roof over the head and keeping clothes on the back and food on the table, and you can't get to all these things. All right, we're here. We're here. We we will be here and step in the in 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 the gap. But the thing is that you know we need more of us to step in that gap. You know, more pests. Pests should be in every school. Pest should be just like PTA. It must. It's not even should, could be, you know, it's a possibility. No, it's a must. Pest must be in every school, just like PTA. If you do not have pests in the school, schools are not going to have the, the, the security that the kids need. School safety has got their hands tied in terms of what they can do. Pests can go five, six, seven, eight, ten blocks. <laughs> They can really be involved, and they can work with the precincts that's in that area to really keep areas and situations safe. We got to step up and start saving our children. Absolutely, this is and this is, that's a great appeal. And I want to say, you know, for those of you who want to find out about how I started Pest and and what the vision was behind it and how we brought parents together, I'm speaking to administrators out there. You can contact me at shumbleblake.com or tweet me. At uh, at Shungo Blake, and how can they reach you, Peter? If they want to get information from a parent's perspective about how to get involved in the school, do you have a, do you have a means of contacting you? Yes, well, you can reach me at uh, Mister Dot Pete Senior at Yahoo dot com. That's Mister Dot Pete S R at Yahoo dot com. Just send me an email, and I'll definitely more and welcome. I'm more than likely. Um, check my emails uh, every almost every hour, so I'm more likely to respond back to you very quickly. And uh, I will come if I have to speak to parents. If I have to put them together, motivate them, show them how we do it, show them what we, whatever. I'm here. I'm, I'm always I'm I'm always a volunteer. It's just in my and I, and I, and, I, and, I, and I, yeah, I know that about you. And I wanna I wanna ask you, what do you you know? You talked to the, at the at the at the beginning of the show about top-tier officials um, and the work that you're currently doing with a gentleman by the name of Bernard Hicks. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is top-tier officials? I know you, I, from the moment, from the time I've known you, you've been heavily involved with sports, 
heavily involved with officiating. How how is this particular organization taking it to the next level? Well, Top Tier is um, an organization that helps um, network coaches and referees so they can be able to get the information that they need so they can be very effective. We have a coaches list of 5,000 coaches all across the tri-state area. So, therefore, then if there's a tournament that's a productive and positive tournament, we can get the information out to coaches so that they can get into these tournaments, as well as um, – Good referees. We have a referee fan uh, base of about 250 referees, anywhere from high school, college, and even pro referees. So, if you, any game, we're capable of handling any level of game. And then we have um, volunteer referees and volunteer coaches with the New York Panthers, um, Bello, Bello um, basketball program. Um, we work with Gauchos, Riverside, Abyssinia. Um, Hollis Biddies, um, Shooting Stars, uh, which is a, a few of the, the, the uh, organizations that we work with. And we have a CYO organization that we work with, which is in that area, which is Our Lady of Lords. And we, we, what we do is we'll find and help any kid in any kind of situation, parents looking to be a coach, we know how to plug them in. Kids looking for teams, we know how to plug them in too. Parents looking for trainers for their kids, we plug them in too. We have everything, and not just basketball, football, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, any sports there is, we will help in any way we can. You know, it's just a network. And, you know, hmm. I've been officiating for a long time. I've been coaching for a long time. And this is just something that's been in my passion to do. And and the, and the, and the funny thing about it is that just like a volunteer, we don't charge <laughs> anything for this. This is just out of, the, out of our heart. You know, we work with programs and, and companies to give great service to kids, you know, now, I'm not I wish, talking about people. I wish we could take your spirit of volunteerism and just duplicate it and multiply it tenfold because I really believe that that makes a difference in the quality of the kind of communities that we have. Yeah. Well, you know what? I volunteer at, at start with for my kids because of what you said. Now I volunteer because it's, it's breathing to me. It's, I, I breathe air. Like, I breathe air, I volunteer. I just, I don't even know how I can function if I couldn't volunteer. I don't even know. I don't know well, what I could do. I, it's, it's a part of my life now. I, it's what I do. I love helping people with nothing in return, no rewards. I had one person who was calling me and praising me. I'm like, look, but quite honestly, praise us for God. Don't praise me for what I'm doing. What I'm doing is everybody you know, I don't don't praise me for that. It's, I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy just helping you. Don't even praise me. Don't, I don't want no awards. I don't want to be acknowledged for all. No, bro, I don't. I don't need that, man. Just let's just do this. Keep it moving. <laughs> well, listen, we're it. coming, we're coming to, to, to the close of our show. What I want to say is, um, for those of you who who are are, are interested in in the, in the kind of things that we're talking about and, and moving into the next level. Again, please reach out to me by going to my website, and that's www.shungoblake.com. Check out the True School page where you will see uh, the kind of work and things that we're doing within the context of school. Uh, if you want me to come out, speak to your organization, your group, your school, if you need help with uh, 
developing professional development programs for your teachers, give me a uh, uh, shoot me an email. My email on the website is info at shungoblake.com, and I definitely will respond. Also, uh, Peter talked about uh, volunteering, and on the Keys 107 Network, we are very, very, very keen on uh, acts of kindness. And I, I, the media has not talked about it as much, but the issues out in the rockaways around Superstorm Sandy continue to be a problem. Please contact me at info at shovelblake.com, and I can put you in touch with organizations that are leading relief efforts out there. Our brothers and sisters out there definitely need your support. Um, I want to take time to say, again, I've been on this uh, network for a little over a month, and I'm just excited to be a part of something that is progressive, that is giving information to our people, that is uh, solution-based in terms of solving problems, whether it's spiritual, whether it's uh, educational, whether it's cultural. The Keys 107, and, and, and it's called the Keys 107 Network because we're dealing with the different keys of life. And so I happen to be dealing with the educational key, but there's a communication key, there's a cultural key, there's uh, you know, uh, there's just several different strands that lead to the entire person. And so I'm so happy to be on this program. And I want to thank our engineers, uh, Brother James, working the, working the boards right now behind the scenes, Sister Rafika, uh, Brother Jason, who deals with the music, and, of course, one of the founding producers, Brother Flawless. I want to thank you again for being with us today. Tune in next week to True School Radio, where we hope to give you, again, some more information. Peter, you still there? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I want to thank we, We're about to sign off. I want to thank you again. This is True School Radio with your host, Brother Shango. Good night. Okay. Good night. All right, now. All right. Yeah. Welcome to the movement, baby. We're going to change education. Check out shungleblake.com. I say it again, shungleblake.com. Teaching reading uniquely to reverse underperformance. True school is here. Now let's be clear. Our impact will be enormous. To the people across this nation, eagerly anticipating a sound from the streets that's so unique, it'll transform education. This is school, the killing field, where they kill a lover learning and then our children for real. That's the deal. Now we got to change things around, close gaps down. This is a new sound, true school. This is this radio show, shunglebig.com, flow, in case you wait, no. And now we're going to change things, one school at a time, one rhyme at a time. Yeah, we going to shine. Time to shine media, yes. Yeah, we've been blessed putting suckers to the test. So teaching reading so uniquely, that's right. Gotta make you think deeply. Uh, teaching reading uniquely to reverse underperformance. True school is here. Now let's be clear. Our impact will be enormous to the people across this nation. The Keys 107 Radio Guide. The following reside within the Eastern Standard Time Zone. Sunday evenings from 8 to 9.30, unlawful captives, issues within and without the prison industrial complex with your host, Jason X, and special guest hosts, Brother Richard Muhammad and Brother Abdul Salam Muhammad. Monday, 
10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Build Your Business with Greg Jones, hosted by Sister Rafika Muhammad. Secrets and Strategies of Business Building, Credit and Finance. Tuesday, question, when did Noah build the ark? Answer, before the flood. Disaster preparedness for community awareness with your host, Brother Rudolph Muhammad, from 4 to 5, 20 p.m. Tuesdays from 5.30 to 6.30. Join the worldwide Peacekeepers Movement with the Peacekeepers Roll Call. Captain Dennis Muhammad and the Peacekeepers, hosted by Sister Rafika Muhammad. Tuesdays from 7 to 9, Respect for Life, with your host, Brother Leroy, exploring timely and important topics and guests fostering knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Wednesday evening, join the Keys 107, Divas of Culture, Sisters Michelle Matir and Aisha Karifa Smart for Creatively Speaking, bringing you the best in diasporic art, culture, leisure, and spirituality from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Thursday evening, our flagship show, The Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities with your host, Sister Rafika Muhammad and Brother James T. Muhammad from 6 p.m. to 7.45. From 8 to 9 p.m., join hosts, Sister LaShawn Allen Muhammad and Brother Malik Green for Black Reconstruction, building the black community with bricks of knowledge and mortar of love. From 9.30 to 10.30, True School with your host, Shango Blake, as he brings parents, students, and educators together to deconstruct the school-to-prison pipeline. Friday evenings will be a Keys 107 special marathon. Saturdays from 4 to 6 p.m., State of Affairs with your host, Stan Smith, Culture and Political Affairs of the Caribbean Diaspora. 7 to 9.30, The Communicators with your host, Black Leroy, everything black from a black perspective. The Keys 107, unlocking the doors to endless possibilities. www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Keys 107 or call in at 213-943-3618. Email us at thekeys107 at gmail.com. If The Keys 107 isn't on your blog talk radio, then your blog talk radio isn't really on. <laughs>